Hello, and welcome to the Stateside Madness Podcast, the one and only podcast of the official Madness American fan service. I'm Lori, along with my co-host Polly, here to bring you news, reviews, and deep dives into the nutty sound of the British pop band Madness. Welcome to the Stateside Madness Podcast, Episode 5. I'm Lori. And I'm Polly. And we have a really exciting episode planned for you. This is the Woody episode. Woody Woodgate, the drummer of madness, who, by the way, wrote the song that you just heard. That was called Small World. Yeah, and uh, a different uh, different song for uh, something sort of not, not real early, but you know, mid madness uh a little little slow tempo uh, another little bit of their slice of life um sort of genre of songs and uh yeah i like it it's a fine song glad you picked it thank you yeah, well, yeah it was a little challenging uh deciding on what songs we wanted to do for this episode and then the other challenge i had was finding some of the information because woody is not as much of a public persona as someone like lee Right, Lee, we have the documentary film, we have all these resources. Woody was a little bit harder to dig up some info on. Um, I have to give a shout out to my friend Tia, who runs a Facebook page called Woody Woodgate World. She is an encyclopedia of knowledge about Woody. And every time I had a question on something, I emailed her and she always had the answer. So thank you for your help, Tia. And Woody Woodgate World on Facebook, if you're a fan, I recommend it. The best looking member of Madness, if you ask me. Oh, he's a, he is a handsome man. He is, he is, he's got a very nice smile, too. I always melt when I see his smile. All right. So, Woody, uh, Daniel Mark Woodgate, born on October 19th, 1960 in Paddington. Born October 19th. That means his birthday is Monday. There we go. And that's why we're doing this. So happy birthday to Woody. Yes. Happy birthday, Woody. Uh, he has a younger brother, Nicholas, uh, who we're going to be talking about a little bit more. And Nicholas, 
Nick will have a great uh, connection to this episode. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Nick was born in 1962, and they do have an American half-sister who lives in California. Yeah, so there's a bit of an American connection there. Music was really in Woody's blood, in his family. Both of Woody's grandfathers were musicians. So Leslie Woodgate was a conductor who led the BBC Choral Singers. And then Eric Ogden, his other grandfather, conducted for light entertainment acts such as Shirley Bassey and the Bachelors, and he had his own big band. So there's kind of a, a musical history there in the family. His mother, Anne, was an actress, and then later on she'd go to work for the BBC as a floor manager. His father was named Crispian Woodgate, and he was an actor turned photographer. He's actually uh, quite a well-known celebrity photographer. So unlike some of the other band members who maybe kind of can't, you know, we, we talked about in some of the other episodes, the, the petty theft, the crime, stuff like that. Woody really seems to have been from a very different background, right? With the background of his parents and, and the photography and everything. So unfortunately, Woody described his parents' marriage as being rocky and his parents divorced when he was five. And perhaps because his mother was an actress and was going to be off auditioning and, and starring in roles, I, I don't know for sure, but it was kind of an unusual custody relationship in that Woody and Nick lived with their father. Back then in the 60s, that was a very unusual arrangement after a divorce. So Woody and Nick were raised by their father and a series of nannies. And it's been described as a very bohemian and arty upbringing. Uh, one author said they both grew up to be teenage hippies. And because of his father's career as a photographer, there were always celebrities coming and going. Eric Idle, Peter Cook, Spike Milligan, Benny Hill. So uh, it was really kind of an interesting environment, I think, for the Brothers Woodgate to grow up in. So, uh, yeah, so the living with his father, having that sort of bohemian lifestyle and exposure to all sorts of different types of artists, um, it's no wonder he would become an artist in his own right. He got his first drum kit at about the age of 12. Uh, so both of the brothers uh, were getting exposure to art and music and uh, all manner of things, and uh, Nick was involved in that too. Uh, Nick considered the talented one, according to Woody, that uh, and Woody is quoted as saying, I grew up with him as the great genius and the child prodigy and uh, all Woody could do or all I could do was play the drums. So uh, you can see a little bit of lingering brotherly rivalry there. Uh, in 1974, Woody and Nick formed their first band called Steel Erection. Curious. Um, <laughs> and then uh, of course about 1978, uh, Nick was uh, in a band called Animal Farm, which once shared a bill with a band called The Invaders, and I bet you know where this is going now. John Hasler, who we had uh, talked about in a couple of previous episodes, had been their drummer. He moved on to doing vocals and being sort of manager of sorts. By about 1978, Gary Dovey took over on drums. So Woody uh, saw the Invaders playing in 1978, and at a certain point, he approached them saying, I really think I can do better. And at a certain point, the band took him up on that, and he joined after the departure of Gary Dovey. 
Yeah, it, it, it's interesting to me I, when Woody saw the Invaders play, and at the time it was the original lineup, right? Betters, Barzo, Chris. And I, I was listening to an interview where he said, I wasn't too keen on the drummer Gary. I thought I could do better. Uh, and then shortly after that, that's when there was this altercation fight between Gary and Lee. And Gary ended up leaving the band. So Woody heard through the grapevine that there was an opening and he called his friend Betters and asked, are you looking for a drummer? And uh, Betters knew him since he was about 14 and uh, that he knew that he was a good drummer. But it, it wasn't necessarily, I think, the most immediate or most evident choice because Woody wasn't really into ska or reggae. You know, he was more into like prog rock, glam uh, sweet Bowie, Brian Eno. On paper, it shouldn't have worked. You know what I mean? It was given the 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 background of of the Invaders, given their ska influence, and then here's this guy who's coming in from a, a like a glam rock kind of background. But uh, Woody also said that at that time he wasn't he had nothing better to do. So uh, they they took him up on his offer, and Woody joined the Invaders in September 1978. I very recently was reading uh, Stuart Copeland's autobiography. So he, as you know, is the drummer of the police. And he wrote that the drums are the foundation upon which any modern music is built. And that really struck me because it's so true, especially with rock and pop, that if you don't have a good drummer nothing else really matters. The drums are the framework that all that other music hangs on. And the thing about Woody, and I know we've discussed this in a previous episode, is that he's not a particularly fancy showy drummer. And he leaves room for the other instrumentalists. And I know that starting off for him, that was a challenge. We talked about One Step Beyond and how Woody had learned from their producer, Clive Langer, to pair his drumming back, that less is more. And that to me is really what makes him such a great drummer is that he doesn't do a lot of fancy fills and, and drum solos and really lets the, the music breathe, lets the music come through. And that to me is the mark of a good drummer. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Madness is a band where melody is key in so much of their songwriting and it's very hard uh, for drummers to play against melody or to do too many fills or do to pronounce the drumming um, it really detracts from what's going on with the foundation of the song so having somebody who more or less just stays in the back and allows the song to do what it's supposed to very challenging for a drummer, nonetheless really, really crucial and an important part of what makes Madness so great. Music's supposed to be enjoyable and a drummer who allows that to happen, it's definitely a credit to them. So Woody and Betters, so they were, obviously they were the two most recent additions to the band. They were the youngest of the band and they, are the, again, the backbone, the rhythm section, right? Better's on bass, Woody on drums. And they worked together and they worked tirelessly 
on the rhythm section just to make that sound so tight. Let's listen. it was a challenge you know and you and i had talked about how difficult it was to find something that really showcased what he's drumming so this was the uh the 12 inch extended version of our house so that's not something that i put together this was actually on the 12 inch version but i like it because it really does kind of piece together a number of bits of woody's drumming from some of the other songs right there's a um gray day in there uh, what other songs were in there? I, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> Somebody said that every, every, every member of Madness has a function and Woody's used to sleep. So that last clip that uh, came from the, the Madness box set, The Business, and that's Chalky, who was a, a, a friend of Suggs, actually, but a close friend of the band, and a roadie talking about Woody. And I, I threw that in there because uh, Woody... I was listening to a recent interview that he did and he really advocates taking a lot of naps. And I appreciate that because I am a serial napper. So I, I, we're getting an endorsement there from Woody there. Uh, he also, he typically doesn't drink during shows because he feels it affects his performance. Um, and one of the things that I really appreciate about Woody is that he is so very modest. He had said uh, in an interview that, that, he's talking about the audience and the interaction with the audience. And he said, they're not adoring and loving you. They're adoring and loving the music. And that is such a, a poignant observation, something to, you know, I think that just kind of goes to his personality. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that quote you said about the audience. Um, you hear many, artists try to say variations on that sort of theme and it almost always comes off as like some sort of false humility but you hear that quote out of Woody and to me it feels pretty genuine uh, particularly because it's coming from a drummer. Uh, drummers are you know they're they're bound or, or tied kind of to their drum kit. They're not out front. They're not sopping it all up uh, like uh, uh, many other front men. And so they're, you know, they're purpose built. They're there for a reason. And I think that quote really, really shows what is genuineness and his true humility. So thanks for putting that in there. I really like that. You're welcome. And I think that one word, if I were to pick one word to sum up Woody, it would be genuine. He is a very, very genuine. 
he's also a lot more private about his personal life than some of his bandmates are. Uh, we know he's been married twice. So his first marriage was to J Jane Crockford of the Modettes. And his second marriage was to a singer named Shoban Fitzpatrick, with whom he has two children, Iona and Mary. Uh, I don't know if he is separated or divorced, but I know that that marriage is uh, in the past. As long with being a member of Madness, um, and in between Madness, sometimes the same time as Madness, um, he had a lot of side projects. Um, sometimes being like a, a, a lent, a hired hand, uh, he recorded drums with David Bedford uh, from Soft Machine and Strawberry Switchblade and has had a couple of other side projects as well. After the split up in 1986, uh, David Bell from Food Records recruited Woody and Betters for a new band called Voice of the Beehive, who I believe you know a bit about, Lori. Yeah, I do. And, you know, it's funny. I listened to Voice of the Beehive in the 90s, and I guess I never made the connection that this was the same drummer from Madness. So Voice of the Beehive, uh, there were two American sisters, Tracy Brin and Melissa Brooke Bellin. They're from California. And they decided to travel to London and uh, try their luck at forming a band. And they didn't have a rhythm section. So uh, as you mentioned, David Balf, is it Balf or Balfi? So he's from Food Records and he, he reached out to Woody and Betters and uh, asked them if they would help out with this project, which was called Voice of the Beehive. They recorded a demo, Betters and Woody, with Voice of the Beehive, but Betters didn't stick around after the demo. But Woody stuck around to record three albums with them in the late 80s and early 90s. The one that I remember most, uh, I was working as an assistant manager of a very trendy clothing store in a shopping mall. And we had, you know, the, the corporate used to send us these tapes, kind of like Muzak, but it was, you know, trendy in music. <laughs> and the one that I played over and over and drove the cashiers nuts with was a song called Adonis Blue by Voice of the Beehive. I just loved the song. I asked, I had no idea at the time that I was playing Woody, you know, and I know Woody did some keyboard programming for Voice of the Beehive as well. Woody has described Voice of the Beehive as a wonderful part of his life. He got to tour in America. He got to travel to America more times than he ever did with Madness. Madness really not been good about touring in America. I think they toured in 83. So the two songs that American audiences might recognize by Voice of the Beehive, there's one song called I Say Nothing, which reached number 11 on the U.S. Modern Rock chart, and Monsters and Angels, which reached number eight.
so that was Voice of the Beehive, and it is really a very different sound than Madness. It is very, it's alternative, pop, really unexpected, I think, for somebody who would know Woody only as like ska pop, right? But then there was another project he did that was even more of a different sound. Uh, Woody spends a little time with uh, Voice of the Beehive, and then in 1992, Madness reforms, which, of course, we're all ecstatic about. Uh, But also in 1992, he formed his own band called Fat. And as was starting to happen about that time, um, a lot of bands were doing a uh, new metal rap fusion sort of thing. And... um, uh, Fat was definitely in on that trend. Although I think they were actually pretty early on for that. So they released a single called Downtime. If you remember the 1997 film American Werewolf in Paris, that uh, song was featured in that. know really what your thoughts are about the fat project Lori, but it's it doesn't rank up there really for me with uh any of the madness side projects it was ambitious it was great to see woody going in a different direction but i just never really took to that metal and rap fusion sort of genre um what are your thoughts on that well you mentioned a very interesting point that, I mean, this was 92. So this was still a very new kind of uh, uh, idea or kind of concept where we would start to see in the later nineties, a lot of bands would pick this up, right? Like we had Linkin Park, Static X, right? A lot of that kind of new metal stuff. And this was really kind of a precursor to that. The interesting thing to me was that this song was picked up for the movie in 97, right? American Werewolf in Paris, which by the way, that movie's one of my guilty pleasures. It is so bad, it's good. The bungee jumping scene, I love it. But it's interesting because that was really kind of the in sound in 97, but in 92, this was barely a blip on the radar. So Woody was very much, again, I think, ahead of the curve on this and it really goes to show i think his range not only as a drummer but also as a songwriter so he's actually credited as one of the writers on this song downtime and if you look on the internet movie database for american werewolf in paris you'll see that credit on there all right so uh then woody left fat in 1995 uh and then produced a handful of tracks for a scott punk band called King Prawn. Do you know King Prawn? I don't know King Prawn. 
I, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. Actually, I, I didn't uh, have a chance to, to look it up either for this episode. All of these side projects that Woody's working on, but he's still also working with Madness. And they were working towards uh, an album, which they released in 1999, called Wonderful. And Woody's really starting to step up his songwriting at this point, but he's finding a very strong uh, writing partner in his brother, Nick. And there's actually two tracks on Wonderful that both Nick and Woody uh, co-wrote together. So Madness comes out with, with Wonderful in uh, 99. And then for whatever reason, uh, Woody decided in 2000 to start his own floor sanding company, which was called Woody's Floors. And he was doing this to make ends meet. But I mention this because I think that there is a relationship between this and one of the songs that you chose, Polly, later in the podcast with this, this floor sanding company. So... <laughs> You know which song I'm talking about, right? Our audience will find out shortly. I, I do. Yes. I, I do. I, I guess I didn't put it together. Ah. But uh, sure, I'll, oh. I'll, I'll admit to there being some association. And uh, between 2004 and 2007, he became a teacher. He was teaching music technology and media arts at Hayes School in Kent. So first of all, on a personal level, I have a very strong admiration for that. You know, I myself as a professor, you know, I believe very strongly in teaching, passing on your knowledge, your wisdom, and uh, that that is a, a great service that, that a teacher can perform. But then also there's another significant connection that we're going to see later on with this Hayes School, with Woody's teaching career. So while he was teaching, there was this series of secret gigs that the band played. They didn't even call themselves Madness. Do you remember this, Polly? Yes. Uh, so you are referring to the Danger Men. Woody then being uh, sort of portraying Daniel Descartes, um, experimental percussionist born in Paris and leader of the touring band, the Daniel Descartes Collective. And yeah, that was uh, leading up to the Danger Men album and by far one of my favorite Madness releases. Just magnificent. Love all the covers. Uh, love them getting back a, quite a bit to the ska roots. Uh, fantastic time. Loved it. Loved all of it. I didn't know much about the Dangermen. So yeah, this was a series of secret gigs that they did. They weren't even billing themselves as madness, but you'd show up and, oh my gosh, it's madness. And they all had secret identities. And as you mentioned, uh, Woody, uh, Daniel Woodgate, was uh, Daniel Descartes. And that was his secret identity. And they played, as you mentioned, a lot of old ska and reggae covers. Uh, and then they eventually put out an album, which they called The Danger Men Sessions, Volume 1. But there was no Volume 2, was there? I keep waiting. Ah, okay. But no.
so so as you mentioned, that was them kind of getting back to their their ska roots. But then they went back into the studio and they released The Liberty of Norton Folgate in 2009, which is my absolute favorite Madness album. And again, uh, with Liberty of Norton Folgate and then the following album, Wee Wee CC Ja Ja Da Da, which was 2012, Woody, again, is really stepping up his writing game and his partnership writing with his brother, Nick. There was an interview where, where Chrissy Boy was joking regarding Wee Wee CC Ja Ja Da Da that all of the songs were written by Woody and Nick. And obviously that's an exaggeration, but they did have a very significant songwriting contribution on those two albums. So this is where, uh, again, the songwriting partnership between Woody and his brother Nick really started to become very strong. And they started to realize, you know, we have enough songs that we've written together here that we should record our own album. So Woody and his brother Nick, they started to call themselves the Magic Brothers. And in 2013, they released their album, which was called The Magic Line. So I want to talk a little bit, if you'll let me, Polly, about Woody's relationship with Nick. So Nick, again, was the younger brother. But uh, growing up, I think, it, as, as you mentioned earlier, I think there was this perception that Nick was going to be the one that was going to succeed. You know, he played many instruments. He was in a band. I believe he was a football player, a few other things. And even though Nick was the younger brother, Woody really looked up to him. In his late teens is when Nick started showing signs of schizophrenia. Because that's the age that this manifests. If you know anything about schizophrenia, this particular mental illness, that's usually when it starts to manifest. Nick had kind of indicated to Woody, you know, I, I'm hearing voices and these voices are telling me to do things. And Woody, I think, was very much in denial. He said at first, I put it down to him being an awkward teenager. And Woody and Nick both have been very vocal about this. And they've done many interviews about Nick's schizophrenia. So this is not like I'm talking about any private family business or anything. But when Nick said that he was hearing voices, Woody tried convincing him, no, you're just imagining things. And this was a very stressful time in both of their lives because their father, who, as you know, was their custodial parent, in 81, he had some kind of accident where he fell down some basement stairs. And this accident resulted in some brain damage. So now we're finding at this point in time, uh, with his father brain damaged, Woody really was kind of thrust into a position where he had to take on a lot more responsibility. And he's still a very young man at this point, what, early 20s. And then also being responsible for his younger brother. And his younger brother, you know, starting to do weird things, wandering off in traffic, talking to himself, all kinds of stuff. And I think that that maybe was just more than Woody could have dealt with at that age, as, as I think is true for most of us. I think many of us at that age just would not be equipped to deal with all of that. So I think that there was a little bit of denial there. Ultimately, Nick ended up hospitalized uh, in his 20s after multiple suicide attempts. I know he had said in an interview that he tried slitting his wrist three times just because he couldn't cope with, with all of the things that were, were, were going on in his head. Both Woody and Nick have done a lot of interviews about this. And I think that this is 
I think that, that that's a really good thing. I think that we need to be very open. I think we need to remove some of the stigma of mental illness. And I really appreciate both Nick and Woody for being very open about Nick's battles with schizophrenia. Uh, Woody was speculating in an interview that Nick had used marijuana and LSD as a teen and that he thought maybe that had triggered it. Now, I'm not a doctor, you know, I can't say for sure. I do know that in some cases, people with early symptoms of schizophrenia resort to self-medicating. So I don't know, did the, did the drug use cause the schizophrenia? Did the schizophrenia lead to the drug use? You know, I, it, who can say, right? But the, the very interesting thing is, as Nick was in treatment and was starting to get care for, uh, for his schizophrenia, I think that's when everyone realized that he had this, this profound songwriting talent that I think that that has really been one of Nick's strong, strong talents all along. And so back in 2012, I mentioned Wee Wee CC, Ja Ja Da Da, Woody and Nick co-wrote three of the songs on that album. And uh, I had read in one of these newspaper articles where Woody's talking about his brother's illness. And he said, Nick couldn't hold down a job. But what he's really good at is writing songs. And we found a way to facilitate that. So again, with the Magic Brothers, both brothers became ambassadors for a British charity called Rethink Mental Illness. They donated their profits from any radio airplay for their songs as the Magic Brothers. They donated their profits to Rethink Mental Illness. So one of the singles that they did was this one, You Don't Have to Hide Your Love Away. And she does is sit alone and wonders where it went wrong. All she has is a photograph of a man who sang her love songs. He's alone with her memories and her feelings pushed down under. Sits alone in a like that project the you don't have to hide your love away a very sweet uh, sentimental song i really uh think it's uh yeah it definitely shows their collaboration the strong songwriting and not to be confused with the beatles song which for the longest time seeing that in print and then listening to the song i was would say geez i don't think this is the way it goes they're two different songs and two different titles but no, a, a very nice piece. I like it. Yeah, and it, it, it's, again, a very, very different sound than what we might be accustomed to from, from Woody, right? I mean, it's a very kind of, like, 60s-ish pop kind of song, I guess. 
I think Nick might have started to feel some of the pressure. I think, you know, songwriting is definitely his strong point. But Woody started to feel that maybe the pressure of singing, especially performing live and touring, might be a little too much for Nick to handle. So it was around this time, so maybe 2014-ish, uh, one of Woody's former students from Hayes School, Dan Shears, looked him up, wanted to get in touch with his old teacher. When Woody was teaching, Dan Shears was a student. He was doing his A-levels. A-levels, uh, for, for those of us here in America, I had, to, I had to research this. So it's roughly the equivalent of our advanced placement tests that students might take in high school in order to get college credit. Dan Shears and Woody reconnected after about 10 years or so. And uh, Dan was an accomplished singer at that point. He had played some of his music for Woody and said, hey, what do you think? And then Woody realized that now, hey, maybe I can lift some of this pressure off my brother. He brought Dan on as a singer, which lifted some of the pressure from Nick. And Nick was able to go back to what he was best at, which is writing these songs. So this started to become what became Woody's quote-unquote solo album, In Your Mind. I honestly didn't even know about this album, and Polly, you might have been rolling your eyes at me when I emailed you last week, because I got really excited. I saw on Woody's website, you know, new album, In Your Mind, coming out in June, and I'm like, oh, wow, isn't this great? We're doing a podcast about him. He's got a new album coming out. I emailed you, Polly. I'm like, ah, oh, so exciting. And then I think like maybe a half hour later, I emailed you again. I'm like, you know what? Never mind. It looks like it came out in 2015. So for whatever reason, I totally missed that this album was a thing. So again, the songs are all written by Woody and Nick. Uh, Woody said the album would be nothing without Nick, that he's the catalyst. But it wasn't really a Magic Brothers project anymore once we got Dan Shears on the vocals. And then uh, he brought in another musician called Tim Maple on guitars and keyboards. So at that point, it ceased to really be Magic Brothers. So it was released uh, as Woody's solo album, again, In Your Mind. It's a lot more heavily pop influenced, right? There's a Beatles influence, an ELO uh, influence here. And so the song In Your Mind, which the album is named after, Woody has emphatically stated that this song is not about his brother's illness. Yeah, and I, th I think the lyrics support that. It's, it's, uh, it's yeah, there's, there's not a connection there. Uh, it is a lovely song, and I do love the influences. I am a big ELO fan. Uh, you could definitely hear that in the album. Um, I think on In Your Mind, definitely got a real building Motown influence there, particularly the lead in to the song. Definitely, definitely a Motown vibe. In your mind.
that was In Your Mind. That was Woody Woodgate with Dan Shears on vocals. That whole album is very interesting because uh, it doesn't really fit into one genre. I feel like every song is very different. I'm going to play another song later on from the album that I think has a very different feel to it. All right. So uh, in, in more recent Woody news, then uh, Madness released Can't Touch Us Now in 2016. Also, uh, Nick, as uh, the JoJo Man Band, uh, released his The Best Of in 2020. And that brings us to something kind of new for us here. At Stateside Madness, we've been very generously given a few copies of the CD. And we like to uh, try giving them away to some of our members of Stateside Madness. Um, so we'd suggest people join the Facebook group, Stateside Madness, for details. Uh, and look for that very soon. We're going to try giving away copies. And uh, we hope that people love and appreciate them. And thanks to Nick for uh, putting them out to us. We appreciate that. Nick reached out to Stateside Madness on Twitter and um, offered to send us these CDs. And I, I have to say, he is absolutely a lovely, lovely man. I've really enjoyed chatting with him. I, again, as, as Polly, as you mentioned, uh, people should join the Stateside Madness group. But we do have to mention, Stateside Madness is limited to American fans. So unfortunately, I'm sorry, you guys that are uh, listening to us from the UK and elsewhere, you're not going to be eligible for this. I am so sorry. There are lots of other groups out there for madness with lots of other giveaways, but the American fans have been neglected for too long. So uh, Stateside Madness group on Facebook, again, it is open to American members. And we're going to give away two copies of Jojo Man Band, a.k.a. Nick Woodgate's best of cd it's kind of tongue-in-cheek because it's his only cd if you look at the website the description he gives and the history behind it is absolutely hilarious so i really like it and we're gonna give away two copies okay so let's get right down to the business now uh we do like to talk uh, a little bit freeform in the podcasts and give as much information as we can about any particular topic but we also like to do our top picks. And so Lori and I have each come up with five of our favorite songs that Woody has contributed to in some form that he has writing credits on. Some are madness, some are not. Um, and Lori, what is your number five pick? All right. Well, <laughs> I chose Rainbows. So that is uh, Woody co-wrote with Lee Thompson. I'm not going to say too much about this because I really want to go into more detail about this when we get to the Liberty of Norton Folgate. I will say that I like the song, first of all, because I feel like it is from the perspective of a child that is about to be born, sliding out of the womb and into the world and the excitement there. And the other thing that I want to point out, if you listen very carefully, again, if we pay attention to the drumming, it sounds like a heartbeat. Listen very carefully. Pictures and elbows, tiny kicking feet. I've been waiting for this moment. I'm on a roll. I've spent infinity counting silent sheep. I don't need no more sleep, no. I'm all ready to go. I feel today is gonna be my birthday. 
birthday So I'm taking in the air As if it were my last I've got nothing to lose I've got nothing to gain So just like where I'm coming from There's only one place to go There's only one place to aim I'm sliding down rainbows Out into the wild A cultivated child All right, so that was my number five pick that uh, Woody co-wrote. How about you, Polly? What was your number five? All right, so I picked Circus Freaks, a little bit newer of a song. I definitely like the uh, combination of Lee and Woody uh, when they come up with uh, a song. Yeah, it's just a fun little song, uh, kind of life-affirming about being plucky and just getting on with your life in spite, I suppose, of what people might think. That's a quick take on listening to the lyrics. I am not an overanalyzer. So if, uh, if uh, other people see something different in that, good on you. Uh, but there we go. Let's listen to Circus Freaks. How can anybody help us? Why should anybody care? Lori, what's your number four pick? Okay, number four. Um, so this one was co-written by Woody with Nick and a gentleman named Charlie Andrew. The song is called Leon. Trapped inside a room with boring little children. Leon dreams of life outside his hollow. I love Leon. Uh, I think it's a, uh, another fantastic song. I just love that refrain. Uh, Here comes the King Leon. Um, it's particularly in the delivery of it. Just a great catch to a song, a real hook. So that was my number four. What's your number four, Polly? All right. So you alluded this to this earlier, and I picked Kitchen Floor. Uh, another late uh, madness song, but I just love it. It is like sexy time for madness. Uh, they don't have a lot of songs like that. It's definitely one of the more, I think, overtly sexual songs that they've done, you know, uh, as opposed to like something like House of Fun or Razorblade Alley, where I think they're maybe a little less literal about it. 
It's a little naughty. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I think, to their credit, um, the sexification, if that's a word at all, of songs is a, is a crutch for a lot of bands. They have to rely on it a little too heavily because it's salacious and they don't have any other ideas. So I think it's kind of a credit to Madness that they don't do it too often and it's not become a gimmick for them. So, so good on them. Let's take a listen to the song. You can do it on the kitchen floor Hanging on the bathroom door You know what I'm living for Cause I've got you On the kitchen floor Hanging on the bathroom door Cause you know what I'm living for Cause I've got you Sometimes you'll feel so low You know that you're losing your mind You feel so innocent But you know that the feelings are blind Cause you can do it on the kitchen floor so that was that one was uh, co-written by Woody and Nick too, wasn't it? Uh, that it was, yeah. All right. All right. So, Lori, what's your number three? All right. Well, this is where it got a little bit hairy, Polly, because I would have picked some of the same songs that you picked. Particularly, I think your number three, I think probably would have been my number three, but for the sake of trying to get as much of these songs out there as we can and really give our listeners a feel for Woody's songwriting talent. Uh, my number three is going to be I'll Compete. I'll be your promotional copy In this here number one band Take your business beyond your father's dream Sounds good, sounds great, sounds really One of the reasons I chose this particular song is I think it really kind of reflects where the band are at this point in time. So this was on the album Mad Not Mad. And this was the, the, the success of the band, I think, was making people have certain expectations of the band and where they were at. So I really like the lyrics, I'll be your promotional copy in this here number one band. The idea that, you know, they're kind of a, a commodity almost at this point and that they have to, uh, you know, compete with, with everybody else. What did you think of that one? I thought, and um, people can go back and listen to it. I think it's a fairly 
mishmashed, not that cohesive for one of their songs. Um, the song itself, all, altogether pretty good. That uh, Beverly Hills Cop theme song intro sort of thing, I've never understood that. I, I think they were uh, kind of struggling at this point to maybe uh, you know find a new identity or a new direction. And they were probably just throwing things and see what sticks to the wall. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of not, not really up there as far as uh, my favorite songs. Well, and, and if you hadn't picked this next one for number three, this would have been my number three. So um, <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. So why don't you introduce your number three? All right. So my number three is On the Town. A, a Woody and Barson written song um, from the Fullgate album. And it is just fun. And it's got a nice little guest spot from Rhoda Dakar, who probably was like my fourth crush I ever had in the world. Um, I absolutely adore her, still adore her. And it was fantastic to hear her on the song. Oh, it's early in the morning. It's raining and the street lights streaming through my windows, casting shadows on the ceiling. The room is oh so empty, stand against the wall. The clock is ticking loudly, it's deafening in this quiet room. Oh, how long have I been waiting? Like I said, I think had you not picked this song as your number three, this would have been my number three. I love, love Mike Barson's piano. I think that really carries the song. And also, uh, it's unusual in that Madness is not exactly known for duets. I, I like that. I like the addition of the, the female vocal. I think that Suggs and, and Rhoda uh, play off of each other very nicely. So good choice. Well, thank you. Yeah. So my number two, again, your number two would have been my number two, Polly. <laughs> so um, I, I ruined it again. No, you didn't ruin anything. It, if anything, it gives us an opportunity to really showcase more songs. So I chose No Money. Uh, so this was co-written by Lee with the brothers Woodgate, Woody and Nick. I felt like it's really, really relatable, the, the subject matter. So let's listen to this one.
Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love the song. Again, like you said, I love the theme. Super strong melody. Speaking of people relying on gimmicks, how many times in how many podcasts am I going to say super strong melody? But it's true. Um, I absolutely love that song. Good choice. Thank you. And your number two is a good choice, too. Tell us about it. All right. So I picked Michael Caine. I am Michael Caine. He's walking there, I'm afraid. I don't know. I see the fireman jumping from the windows. This panic and I hear somebody scream. He picks up useless paper and puts it in my pocket. Most everybody knows the story behind it. It's, you know, sort of loosely themed about the troubles in Ireland, about a spy and his paranoia and his sinking into you know, madness and things like that. We, we all get that um, inspired um, also by um, uh, a movie that Michael Caine was in, Ip Chris File. <laughs> and, uh, and I would also say too, uh, you know, probably a little bit about that time, a little before the time of Michael Caine, the song was the Prisoner television show, which was huge in the UK. So yeah, it's a very peculiar theme and sort of builds a, a picture, but not an overly wordy. It's not a lot happening. Um, so far as like a word count in the lyrics, it's very sparse. And of course, the highlight of the song are the, the samples of Michael Caine reading those lines, different variations on saying, my name is Michael Caine. I just haven't seen another song take on so much. It's very ambitious and uh, very peculiar. There's just not much out there like it. Um, so there's a lot of reasons to love it. Uh, what's your take on it? What, what do you like about the song? Well, okay, so obviously we have Chaz Smash on vocals here and he co-wrote it with Woody. The reason this song has a very special place in my heart is because you remember in the very first episode that we did, and I talked about how I thought that Madness had broken up because I hadn't heard anything from them since like uh, House of Fun and uh, Our House. And I picked up that Total Madness CD. And when I heard this track and that, that opening, the, the piano, and then Better's coming in with his bass. And this song is the reason I fell back in love with Madness after all those years. All right. So my number one and Polly, you already know this is my number one. Our audience probably knows because this was my number one last week too. Uh, this was co-written Lee Thompson and Woody from the Liberty of Norton Fulgate. This is Dust Devil.
that will always and forever be not only my favorite song written by Lee, my favorite song written by Woody. That is my favorite madness song of all time. Full stop. Really? Yes. Wow. No, it's, it's fantastic. I love it. But your favorite, I'm, I'm a little surprised, but, but I endorse it. All right. So how about you? What is your number one Woody Woodgate songwriting contribution? So again, another one by the brother songwriting team. Uh, I picked another version of me from the last album, Can't Stop Us Now. Um, I, I now, looking over my top five and seeing how many recent songs, I'm a little surprised. I guess I was uh, just kind of going from the heart and it ended up being that way. I'm not one of the types of people who really pick a lot of the new songs. I love the old stuff. But another version of me is uh, just another, you know, really fantastic, a really interesting hook to it. And um, if you listen to it, I'd have to listen to it again. But I really feel it's almost like it's all chorus. Um, of course, you could say that there's some part could be a verse, some could be a chorus, but it's certainly not a lot of back and forth. It's, it's quite literally the same thing played A, B, A, B, A, B through pretty much the whole song. So it's a little bit different song structure, which makes it a little bit interesting, but I just think it's, it's solid lyrically, solid melody. Um, yeah, let's give it a listen. I've got a house, I've got a key, I've got another version of me. I've got a dog, I've got a cat, I've got my coat, I'll get my hat. The sun comes up in your face. Another version of me. That's it. That's our Woody Woodgate episode. Thank you for listening uh, again, Woody. Happy birthday. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Woody. We appreciate you greatly. We all hope to reach uh, the edge of 60 looking as good as you do. Oh my gosh. He really does not look 60. He looks amazing. So whatever you're doing, man, keep doing it. Uh, reminder again for our listeners. Uh, if you're interested in our giveaway of the Jojo Man Band CD, we're going to give away two copies to our Stateside Madness Facebook group. 
again, the group is open only to American members. Sorry, sorry to those of you who are over in the UK, but you guys have your other groups that you can join. Any parting words, Polly? Any words of wisdom for us? Uh, wisdom is not my strong suit, but I will say thanks for listening and go get a beer, Stateside Madness. Woohoo! Yes. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And as a matter of fact, the song we're going to leave you with is from Woody's solo album featuring Dan Shears on vocals. Thank you. That's the name of the song. Good night. <laughs>